1: Get hooked on Tuesday at Bonefish Grill with our three-course menu. You get a salad, your choice of entree, like our new cod piccata, sirloin steak, or chicken teriyaki bowl. And an amazing dessert for only 14 dollars So hurry in every Tuesday. And don't forget, stone crabs are back at Bonefish Grill. Fresh off the Florida docks and served the way they were meant to be served. Chilled, cracked, and ready for dipping in our signature house-made mustard sauce. Come see what's in season at Bonefish Grill.
2: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to
2: Relationship Marketing 101.
0: Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster.
2: Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves. The co-founder of the dot com and divisio.com. That's D-U-V-I-S I O dot com, the all new affiliate network for people doing good. We have another fantastic show lined up for you guys. We have my all around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey joining us. Hello, Jack.
0: Howdy, how are you this fine day? I am awesome.
2: Did it ever cool off in Indiana?
0: Actually, today was kind of nice. About 66 when I started my walk this morning. You just got to start really early in the summer or you're going to get baked. Oh, that's so much
2: better than what you guys were having a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Not so fun. Well, Why what
2: what don't you tell everyone who our wonderful guest is today?
0: We have Chris Reed on today, who started out as a software engineer and worked for a variety of companies before he took a break from the corporate world to backpack and find his passion. Man, I'm due for something like that. I want to talk to you about that, too. (laughs) He ended up developing a game and was looking for ways to promote it, which led him to learn about SEO. He started creating tools that increase website ranking and now is the basis of his company Ardor SEO, A-R-D-O-R-S-E-O dot com. Chris, welcome to Leverage Masters.
1: Hey Jack, thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah, man, taking time off and backpacking, just quickly tell me a little bit about that so I can live vicariously
1: for a minute. What did you do? Yeah, well, uh, so I used to work in London uh, on the biggest software project in Europe, Uh It was big and soul-destroying, and then the financial crisis came around, and it wiped all the money out of the banks, and so I lost my job with several hundred other developers. But thankfully, I had a big sack full of money, and so I went traveling. I first uh, jumped on a train and went all the way through Europe, through Russia, down through China. Uh, So I got uh, to Hong Kong via land, which, you know, that's a, a good chunk of the world. And then, yeah, I traveled around Australia for a couple months, over to New Zealand, then uh, back up to Russia, back through Europe, over to the U.S, and down into the Caribbean, and yeah, And then, uh, yeah, and back again. Wow. All
0: right, I'm going to dial down the jealousy long enough that we can have a good interview today, but wow. What an amazing thing. Yeah. I can't I can't even imagine all the pictures you have to go through to even describe such a trip to someone. You yeah, must well, have a, well, well, a slide
1: Um well, I mean I, I don't know. I kind of err <laughs> on the on the not taking too many photos cuz like uh taking photos kind of abstracts you from being in the moment. True. So, yeah, I like to just yeah. kind of enjoy it.
0: Well, that's all that's okay for everybody except for travel bloggers who are making money doing that by reporting back every little thing that they do and getting a bunch of subscribers to follow them. But if you aren't travel blogging, yeah, it's much better to just experience it all and take the occasional picture. Same I, I, I agree. <laughs> so you do SEO, did you not hear you didn't get the memo that SEO is dead? That's, that's really uh, strange. You're, you're, you're like a dinosaur now, right? Like uh, one of the very last? Or, or am I wrong?
1: Damn, I am guess I'm going to have to get another job. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> you're just going to have to tell uh, all your clients who are paying you for SEO that it's dead now.
1: <laughs> man, I, I can tell you it gets harder and harder every year, for sure. Like, which means we have to up our game every year. I mean Google is getting smarter and better every year and so it's you know one thing you always got to think about is that Google's trying to provide the best user experience so they want to make sure that searchers find what they're looking for and get to a good website that's you know that they're going to get what they need and it's not going to you know it's going to be a good overall experience and so that makes you need to be able to provide really good content really good answers a really nice website that loads fast easy to navigate and yeah it the competition is harder and harder because people know that there's there's money there you know
0: yeah yeah it is very difficult i still do seo (laughs) and uh i started with google in 1998 so and wrote a book about it and all of that stuff. I, I was one of the first three people to discover their preference for links and publish it uh, back in 2002. And Well, it was before that, but then I finally published in 2002 three other guys, one guy in Russia and one guy in um, Canada, and uh, they were too geeky to be interested in publishing, so I, I got to do that and been doing that ever since and it's always it's still about links right I mean to this day uh, and I wrote a book a long time ago saying it will always and forever be about links and it's 2017 and here we are it's still about links yeah. and they're the hardest things to get these days that they have ever been right
1: they certainly are they're, they're very difficult and in fact that's how I got into the SEO game you know as you, as you mentioned I was building a game and I was building the game just out of because I always worked in finance before, which is always desktop applications, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to learn about web applications, and so I was just playing around, and I was like, well, as as the game got done, I was like, well, how do you get people to a website? And so I started learning about links. I'm like, all you need to do is add links to a website, and it goes up. (laughs) I thought that was amazing. And so then I uh, had a Russian girlfriend at the time, and she asked me to move to Russia, and I was like, sure, why not? And uh, I didn't really speak Russian at the time, and so I couldn't get a job. And I was like, well, maybe I can make some money through this. And I built this system of, that pretty much customers could log in, go, I want to target this keyword to this URL, build me links. And then our guys would get out and do it. And it worked fantastic. That ran for years. It was, yeah, very autopilot But, uh, yeah, certainly links are still so important. But they're they're much more, you need good links. You can't, like, just manufacturing crap is going to get you in trouble. You know, you really need to make sure that the sites that are linking to you are good quality, the content that's on them is relevant. You know, it's, you really, you've got to lift your game a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of... uh, weird these days just because the purity uh, test for links now is so incredibly high that the average person just cannot create the kind of content that's going to get voluntary links or seen by the people to volunteer to link to it as easily as it used to be. I mean, that was always the hardest thing. Google finally figured it out, right? That Let's make them do the hardest thing. That will that'll keep our purity test up. That will keep our search results pure and clean. And, uh, but for publishers, my God, it's the hardest thing to do because, you know, a lot of people are doing this so they can get attention for their business, which requires a lot of work once they've gotten that attention and, and to fulfill the, the work that they need to do for the clients that they have now or the sales that they have now which is admittedly not enough, but they still have all that work back home to do. And when I tell people, oh, we've got to create this really killer piece of content this month and it's going to be, you know, link bait and we're going to have to do all of these things and all that stuff, and they're like, okay, great. And then I tell them how much it's going to cost, and they about pass out because it's a lot of work, <laughs> right? Have you figured out anything that helps with all of this stuff, or or are you, is that pretty much what you're you know, kind of having to break the news to your clients about it as well. Just it, it takes yeah, a lot of work, a lot of time. It costs money now, so if, a lot more than it ever did.
1: So if you're in a sexy industry where you can make something that's really nice and you know people are going to link to, like you know digital marketing, yeah, you, know, you can great, create great content. People link to you. It's cool. But you know, we've got most the vast majority of our customers are bricks and mortar companies. You know, like mm-hmm. makers, printer repair companies. Uh, Lawyers, heck, we even got a dog walker. You know, it's like it's hard to create content that people want to link to. You know, if you do printer repairs, like no one cares. And so we have to find strategic partnerships, which is what we do is uh, find other people in similar industries that are having similar problems. And you know, one thing that we know from our own customers is that we'll we'll outline a whether it's a new website or an established website, we'll outline a content plan for them to go, you know, here's all the extra keywords we can get. We just need content for this page and this page and this page. And they'll mm-hmm. never provide the content for you. They just never will. And so we developed a content team to do that for them. And so now we, we know too that, you know, if we're looking for a printer repair guy, we know that all these, you know, non-direct competition also need links, but they won't provide any content either. So we can contact them all and go, hey, guys, it's all kind of work together. We're not competing together. If you're looking for printer repair in Sydney, and you're a printer repair in Melbourne, or you're a printer repair in Chicago, you know you're looking for that geographical target. You're not you're not directly com- competing with each other. So we can provide yeah. nice content for all of the different sites. They all link to each other. Everyone gets a win-win-win.
0: Nice. So what do you, what kind of content do you do? Is it a, a nice big juicy? minimum 300 words or whatever, like an article, or uh, how much does it have to be for each party to actually get juice from Google to get respect for those pieces of content?
1: Yeah, so we want to provide really super content so that the link partners are also getting value, so that, yeah, so we look for 750 words plus, a uh, couple mm. of images in there as well, and you know, we, we write really nice content that actually provides some value Like, yeah, if we're looking at Canon printer repairs or some mundanely boring keyword, sure, it's pretty hard to get something. But it's still got to be nice enough and quality enough that that person wants to have it on their website. And hopefully it'll it'll help them rank too. So it'll help them rank for, you know, Canon printer repair in Chicago. And then they link to our guy in Sydney and then everyone wins, right?
0: Man, that's a really cool way to pick up new clients too. (laughs) <laughs> isn't it? It's like, Hey, I'm doing this for this client and I can do it for you too. And we need to get this done because you need more traffic anyway. So, Hey, that sounds actually Indeed. really cool. I haven't heard about that uh, technique yet. That's pretty neat.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, it does, it does certainly work in, in our favor as well. Cause you know, we're providing them a bit of a favor, it, you know, it, it's our customer that's paying for, paying for the work done, but then we've got a relationship with those guys too. And we mm-hmm. always offer because you know some people don't know how to post on their website, and so we'll always offer we well, we can post it for you, it's no problem. And then we do, and yeah, you know, we'll have a quick look at their site too, and go, hey, did you know that you know your metadata is no good, or you could do better for this? Or generally, we try and target, but look at the low hanging fruit. It's like, oh, look at these yeah. keywords that you're on page two for. You know, you're on you're at number eleven. You know, it doesn't take much to push that forward to number ten and start getting some traffic.
0: Right, right, yeah, I love I love that stuff too. That um, I was going to ask you too about like what you know we used to be able to do things really quickly. Google was really really responsive back in the day. Whatever day mm-hmm. you might be talking about, it was always faster than it is. It seems today. Well, how how quickly if somebody did this with you, um, what do you tell them as far as how how quickly they can expect to see results from these kinds of links that you're hooking them up with because it's not as fast as it used to be right
1: uh certainly well just the communication time takes a lot of time and getting the content written and getting them posted take so the the actual work takes quite a bit of time but then we promote those links ourselves to make sure that google picks them up really quickly and indexes them and it does i mean it when anyone talks about rankings, it's just so much. There's so many factors. Like it depends where you are right. and what the competition are, is. Like, and, you know, and your domain the,
0: authority is your domain authority yeah. going up? Is the page that your the page that you put on is a baby page authority page? It'll be a zero for a while, but your domain authority should be able to help new pages if you have any good authority, right? <laughs> like if and, you. And if
1: sometimes. You, you, for a, for a not so competitive keyword, you can see them jump from not in the top 100 to boom, straight to front page in no time flat. Or are, are more competitive keywords, you know, if they're number 20, you can see it move up a little bit. Like it, it just really depends where you are and how competitive it is, and you know how well your site structure is. There's just always too many things to to talk in in broad strokes like that. But right. You can still see some really quick exa- uh, examples of movement from ad lengths for sure.
0: Yeah, it is, and that's a, it was kind of a trick question because of that, because you can never answer it the same way. It's always, and this is the worst thing to have to tell a client, right? It depends. Hmm. They hate that answer. They hate, hate, hate to hear that it depends, especially if they just paid and they're ready to go, and they're like, okay, so now when? And, you're, and then you break them the news. You know, and it's always news based on their personal, their site, and how it, you know, is scoring, right? And all of those different mm-hmm. variables that you just talked about, and even more. So yeah, it is a kind of a, it's kind of messy. And, and can you blame people for wanting to just go, man? I really, truly believe in this copy that I just read about Facebook ads and, um, oh, well, and sure. retargeting, oh, and <laughs> that, that,
1: this, is Google is chasing <laughs> us over there, aren't they? Well, where does, where does Google make their money? Do they make it through organic search and SEO? Not a, not right. a dime. They make, make it all through AdWords. So the more unpredictable and unstable they can make SEO for, then people are going to move to AdWords. You know now, now there's Facebook as another option, but w- before that, there wasn't. So you know, mm-hmm. that was the only option. And you know, if I, I, don't I don't know. I can spend $1,000 on SEO and I don't know what will get me, but I can spend $1,000 on AdWords and I know exactly what will get me. And, right. you know, really big brands tend to like that because it's it's much more stable. But, man, SEO is where the, the money is because it's compounding. You know, if you spend $1,000 in AdWords, you get the same amount of stuff every every month or even less because it gets more and more competitive. Where with SEO, you're building... You get more and more traffic each and every month. So it's, you know, it's loose. Yeah. It's take, take, take one over the other.
0: Do you, find, do you guys do any ads for people? Do you do advertising, ad management, or anything? Or do you uh, ship that somewhere else?
1: No, so actually, recently we had a customer who they were launching a new site and they went, Oh, cool, uh, here's your budget for this. It was like two and a half grand. I'm like, Sure, no worries. We put together a plan for them. And just started, and then they're like, "Oh no, we're going to scrap that brand and go back to our money-making site that's already making money." And we're like, "All right, sure, no worries. We'll change the brand and do it over here." And then they're like, "Ah, oh, no, we've, we've got to scale down. We don't have the budget for it." And I'm like, "Okay, you guys clearly need to have some money now, right?" And we looked at their site <laughs> and went, "And went, man, you've got so many technical issues." If you scale back on your SEO budget, it's just going to take ages to fix the website and, and get it into a sound structure, which isn't really going to increase your revenue straight away. And so I actually did say, let's build an AdWords plan campaign that's get you making some money now, because you, AdWords you can turn it on straight away. You know, it's like, here you go. Right. And so all I ask him is, you know, what's, what's, your, uh, what's the average value of a customer? Like go for the low end? So how much can we spend to acquire a customer? And then I even asked, well, so how many new customers do we need before we can turn the SEO on? And so we we made a plan exactly for that. Okay, cool. So we aim that within a three-month period, they'll have enough new customers through AdWords that we can turn the SEO on. And that doesn't mean that we're turning AdWords off. I mean, it's generating customers. It's generating a positive ROI, so keep it going for sure. The beauty of adding in the SEO is your relevance score goes up, your credibility goes up, so your conversion rates will go up as well. So, you know, you're now paying less per click and getting a higher conversion, so you'll you know, be getting a higher ROI as well. Yeah. For our <laughs> listeners,
0: just so you guys know, you have two SEO guys comparing notes here. That's what me and Chris are doing. <laughs> and it might not always be the most, Uh, you know, the the most engaging stuff. It depends on who you are and how much of this stuff that you understand. But I thought it would be interesting to go this way because we can get into some pretty high-level stuff that you can look up. I mean, if you got tripped up on domain and page authority or things like that, go put put domain authority in Google and and check those things out. I highly intend for – the things we talk about today with Chris to be things you guys go out and do some research on, if you're interested, because this stuff really is that, that one thing that you said about SEO is compounding. That's the reason, and that was a really good way to put it, because that's, that's what I try to tell people all the time. It's like, well, yeah, Facebook and all that stuff is all one for one. And, and take the money away, and it's done. It's never coming back until you put more money in and you keep the campaign going. I've also heard a lot of people uh, talk about uh, possibly, and we've seen some results lean this way too, but I would never say you know, definitively, nor would Google ever. I think they'd get in some trouble if this was actually the case. But having just a small AdWords budget running while you're doing your SEO campaign, I, I haven't run enough tests to know, but every time I get a client to do both, it seems like we go faster in general. And it's just a real feel that you, you'd have to have. You can't just always point to it with data. You can't always point to you just There's a general feeling around here <laughs> that we always want to have guys doing like a $250 budget or something every month because it just feels like things go faster. Have you, you get a, experienced you
2: get anything like that?
1: Treatment. Yeah, I, I do. I 100% okay. agree with
2: you, too. i got to jump into this conversation. This is like one of my big tricks when it comes to SEO. I don't do a ton of work with SEO. I've never needed to because just the way that I do content marketing automatically creates some pretty powerful SEO. But one of the biggest tricks in the book for the people that I've worked with over the years is exactly this topic – Always, always, always when a new site's going up, create a small AdWords budget, a couple hundred bucks, just so that you're essentially goosing Google to pick up on the words you want to use with SEO so that they can better understand the site faster. And the other one that we always use is when we're doing that, Jack, if we annotate our analytics so that in analytics we're putting in the fact that we're doing an AdWords campaign with these keywords for these pages etc it helps even more than just doing the AdWords campaign that's the mentality <laughs>
0: Well what do you feel about that Chris with the uh so so Gina is a big yes on running some AdWords especially with new sites or sites that hadn't been hadn't really gotten on the even if they're old they're new to google if they don't know anything about them but what about uh analytics and annotations and things like that are you into that kind of thing have you guys tested that
1: i uh, i've not noticed that setting that up uh has any significant boost myself but it's not something i've really looked at so i'm i, I can't tell you to tell, to tell you the truth
0: yeah well one of the reasons i think they put the annotations in there is just to help us uh you know, keep track of things and help us, you know, and I don't know if it's that useful of a tool because I know most people don't use it for, it's not a hefty uh, tracking tool. And then you've got, there's no way, I haven't figured out any way to do any reporting out of that. So you could like send that to clients and say, here's all we did out of the annotations on Google. I'm sure there probably is a way to do that. I've just never figured it out. But um, I try to get back there and, and do what Gina was just talking about because it, now it's bordering for me on superstition. I just don't want to not do it now because, yeah. you know, it would be very, very difficult to figure out whether or not that's actually having a direct impact because you're never only doing one thing. And we're in such a motion-oriented business that, you know, I would never be able to take a client through that, and I hardly ever have time to do it for myself to make it a clean study. And maybe that would be really cool if somebody out there (laughs) did that. You'd have a hell of a piece of link bait on your hands because I would love to read that. I would love to link to that if anybody ever Mm. did a study where it was really isolating those kinds of things. This actually affected SEO. And this is one of the things that I haven't heard anything about, like no articles, no anything. And that's very difficult in this world where we write about every little mundane thing in SEO. I mean, somebody's always blogging about every little thing. And I'm like, really? Who has time for that? So, yeah. What other kinds of things do you um, – so a lot of our people are bloggers. A lot of our people are mm-hmm. in that camp where they're in the digital world. They're not offliners completely, although we do have some offline businesses. Um, as clients and people who listen to the show – Um, But everybody's got a blog now, right? Everybody has the ability to do it. And I think a lot of people have given up on it. A lot of people, certainly by the standards of 2008, 2010, 2012, uh, you know, we we were recommending, you know, blog every day. You're like a shark. You can't stop swimming or you'll die. And publish, publish, publish was the name of the game back then. And people were getting results, though. I mean, they were really – and then we switched over to a – publish only seminal content, really big, beefy, juicy stuff. It takes longer to research, longer to put together. Uh, you know, kind of, we're kind of in between those two worlds now, depending on who you talk to. Some people swear by one and some people swear by the other. What kinds of things could you tell people today to activate their blogs again like, so they don't feel like they're wasting time? Where could they do something where you know you're getting results for yourself and clients that they know that they won't be wasting their time because they think a lot of them have all run away like their hair's on fire thinking, I just don't, I just can't do that. I kept publishing and
1: nothing happened. So the vast majority of our customers are bricks-and-mortar companies, and so that's where our real niche is. But still, we're we're doing the same thing. And we, we try and mm-hmm. stick by the 80-20 rule. We do 20% of the time on making content and 80% of the time getting that content uh, link to or get it some traffic you know it's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I always say to clients it's like if you're standing in a forest screaming and no one's listening then Google picks up on that and goes well why are we're gonna listen to this guy where if you're putting content out there that everyone's linking to and everyone's talking about then Google goes yeah that's awesome like the Googlebot is constantly on Huffington Post just waiting for the next bit of content to index you know? and one thing I think that a lot of people miss out on is that you can, you know, the the internet is so ridiculously big. Like I, I remember listening to Seth Godin, who's you know, a giant mm. marketer, and he was yeah. like, the he he actually said the vast majority of them on the people on the internet have no idea who I am, and he's right, you know, the internet's just that big that a guy like of his magnitude, most people don't know who he is. So and to us, you he's, are, he's giant. He's, he's massive because we
0: put ourselves in a smaller bubble of the internet whereby somebody like him is a big fish in our little pond, which we sometimes think is a really big pond and it's not, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, don't think that you giants Work with people that are in your industry or even in slightly non-competing industries. So, like, just last weekend, I, I, I'm in Phnom, Phnom Penh, Cambodia right now. And uh, last weekend, I went to Saigon in Vietnam to, uh, for an SEO meetup. A bunch of friends, some flew over from uh, Thailand, some from Laos, some from the Philippines, me from Cambodia. And we just, you know, everyone's got their own agencies. And we had a big chat, drank a whole bunch of beers and talked, you know, about business and what's working, yeah. what tests are you running, how it works. And then we share content with each other too, and we link to each other, and we help each other promote each other. You know, it's like if you've got a travel blog, we'll work with other travel bloggers, give them a best a guest post, and help them promote their site, and you know, work together to to win. Yeah. Yeah, it is big. It's
0: it's uh, it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking that you know all the players on the on the board on the field. Um, and I'll tell you. You're, you're thinking about it way too small no matter who you are, except for somebody like mm-hmm. you, Chris, who have that, th- that perspective. Uh, because I know a lot of U.S.-based SEOs are thinking they have meetups outside the U.S., and I know that sounds cocky. I know that sounds <laughs> totally you know elitist and everything else. Oh, the U.S. is the only place that matters, uh, or Canada or whatever. But yes, they do. And just like you described, all over the world – there are more groups of people with their bubbles, uh, however those big those bubbles are, but there's a lot more bubbles out there. And for someone to look at a travel blog, because you have a travel blog, and say, I can't do anything with them because it will help them, is like, not only is that lack mentality, um, but it's just freaking crazy because you literally don't have any lower hanging fruit than that. I think Chris, Mm -hmm. you've made it very clear. You like plumbers in different areas; they are not geographically in competition. So, you know, those guys never even think twice about. I get it. I'm not going to lose business to this guy, but I can help him out. He can help me out. They get it. But when you just when you get into the information world or consulting, authorship, you know, coaching, whatever, people, I think really limit themselves, and I love that you gave us that perspective because that's going to help a lot of people think about this and go, wait, there is no competition, not in any way, shape, or form like I've been thinking about it, and these are the kinds of places I could go and look to make a difference, and I think a lot more people would start putting together good content like we used to if we had any faith at all that it was going to get picked up and I think that's what's really lacking, right, is people having the tools and the know-how, like you just talked about, to actually pick those, you know, to, to, if I feel like my article's going to get read, it has a chance of actually reaching people, and i got the tools to make sure that that happens, I'll start publishing again. I bet you anything a lot of people are starting to say that or think that uh, listening to this today.
1: Yeah, Cool. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a big old world out there, and the more you're interacting with people that are in your industry, if you're a travel blogger and you, you hang out with travel bloggers, you're going to learn what works and what doesn't work, and inspire each other. You know, like speaking with people in my industry, I love it. That I learn and I get to help them too, and you know it, it excites you. It keeps the game fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right, rather
0: than being in isolation thinking, I can't talk to those guys, they'll find out my secrets, or they'll <laughs> get my clients, or, you know, and the thing is that's never going to happen, and even if it did once or twice happen, it's not a regular thing out there. I mean, you can say from experience that you don't walk away from these events and these networking things with other
1: guys and, and feel like your business is in any way threatened, it's enhanced, right? Yeah, no, 100%, for sure, it just makes you so much stronger, and, you know, even having someone else that's you know, an authoritative SEO, tell, like, talk about you as an authority, and in groups now, like, uh, I do have lots of friends that are authorities, and, you know, if I post something, they'll like, vouch for it, and go, man, this guy's awesome, and then straight away, it's like, that's big kudos, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, you can do the same in travel blogging, if someone big in travel blogging, gives you a big slap on the back, and goes, man, this guy's the the man, it it means a lot, and it, you you listen oh, to that yeah. too. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, and the key word there is friends. You started the whole thing off with, I have some friends who are authorities, and you don't make friends by sending people link requests, right?
1: In, indeed. You, well, you need to, <laughs> well, go, go and have a beer with them, but, you know, like uh, I, I do travel a bit. I went and spent some time in Chiang Mai and met a few of the guys and, you know, having lunch and, talking shop and enjoying what you do. That's why you do it, right?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, but I think that a lot more people could be thinking more along those lines. I think this comes naturally to you, and and but I don't think it does for everyone. I think a lot of people, they get confused at these stages where they're like SEO or ads or whatever. And nowadays it's just that's the question that people are asking because, you know, advertising is is well ensconced and it used to just be SEO and only people Mm -hmm. with really big budgets could do advertising and now it's democratized and it's apparently easier, although the grass is always greener. If you're having trouble with SEO right now and you think it's going to – you think that uh, AdWords campaign looks really clean and easy to do and doesn't look like – check yourself right there because (laughs) both have, you know, lots of headaches and things to do. I've heard of guys saying – you know, when I'm getting into a new market and I'm doing Facebook or, or certainly AdWords because it wouldn't take long to burn through five grand at all, uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready to lose five grand on the research. Like the research for me to dial in an ad, a campaign, a funnel, the copy, and everything else is going to take at least five grand. for. And, and I know that going ahead. But I'm investing in that because after that five grand, I typically have a winner that can just print money, you know, essentially. It feels like that after you've burned through five grand. Is that still kind of your experience out there, what people are talking
1: about? Yeah, so I, uh, I went to the Affiliate World Conference in Bangkok, uh, and the, the best takeaway I got from that is, you know, a, a guy that's just a killer in affiliate marketing. He's like, what, whatever your traffic source is, if you've got anywhere close to breaking even, stick to that. Just dial in on that. And work on that. Don't. The more you s- jump around between traffic sources, whether it be Facebook or AdWords or SEO, the less chance you're ever going to have of anything working. It's like find anything that comes close to breaking even and then just throw everything you've got at it and optimize it, and you, you, you'll have a win. Yeah. That's really hard, isn't it? I mean, it's very difficult.
0: It, we, when, when I started, we had like a forum, And we had 1,200-baud modems. We had to wait. You had to hear that sound. I know I'm totally – I don't care. I'm dating myself like crazy. But, you know, we had to wait to get online. Once we got online, we had all the time in the world because it would take about 20 minutes for you to read everything that was available (laughs) on the Internet, the whole damn thing, uh, basically, because it was like if you'd visit your forum, you'd do all this stuff. And we just pined in those days for – to have – any kind of a fraction of the richness of choices and opportunities that we do today and I never would have thought back then that that would actually become almost a bigger problem than we had when we'd had not enough sources of traffic and and things because I see a lot of deer in the headlights kind of situations going on and like you just said a lot of jumping around and right before somebody's getting ready to kick through that wall they end up going, somebody says you've got to be on Facebook and quit this thing over here, go over here. How often do you see that happening, you know, in your world? I mean, you probably hear everybody's story as soon as they become your client or before when you're interviewing them. You know, I've tried this, I've tried that. I mean, how bad is this jumping around thing yeah, out there?
1: Yeah, certainly you hear that all the time, especially uh, it's not usually so much clients, clients, Like, as I said, a bricks-and-mortar guys, and so they dabble a little bit. They had some Indian SEO company. or they, They got a little bit of AdWords or whatever. They're not usually too badly burnt. But guys that I meet in digital marketing circles that are trying to make some money online by themselves, they're the guys that seem to have the toughest time. They buy millions of courses and jump from traffic source to traffic source. And, yeah, really i' getting started is the hardest bit uh, yeah and and yeah, sticking yeah. To and having courage, you
0: gotta stick to something, and it really takes a lot of courage. I always describe it like um on the nature channel, you will see uh someday if you watch enough of it like I do, <laughs> you'll see how owls hunt and and they're always going after mice, and the reason that the owls are hooting at night is for communication but mostly with that mouse who is currently in a very safe place under a rock, in a hole, under a tree, under a tuft of grass. And the whole thing is a psychological battle between the owl and the mouse who eventually loses its nerve, thinks that it's not safe where it is. The owl is closer. It's going to get me. And then he bolts, which is exactly what the owl wanted him to do in the first place, and that's where the, the video starts rolling on nature channels where they, you see the owl picking up the, the field mouse. And I think a lot of people are an awful lot like field mice when they don't have enough experience to, to know you're safe right where you were or, like you just said, you know, if you have something that's even close to breaking even, you're actually winning right there. You just need to push that rock a little bit further and really focus on that and stop messing around with all the other stuff. Or the
1: exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're close to breaking even, just maybe look at your landing page. Is it converting well enough? Or what are you doing with the traffic afterwards, after they buy your $7 product? You know, give them a call and sell them a $97 product, and there you go. You're now well into profit. Like, you know, there's so many different ways to work more on that existing traffic.
0: Yeah.
1: Are there a lot of people who talk to you about...
0: Uh, you know, you you're very upfront about how you like to travel and how much travel you've done, and I'm sure have plans to do a lot more of it. Uh, and you're you're sort of like that quintessential internet um, success story in the sense that that's what everyone pictures in their in their you know when they're thinking about quitting their job and starting something, and but having the freedom to do that and you're a living example and embodiment of that I mean the, the number of miles that we've traveled just on this show today uh, <laughs> figuratively hearing about what you where you've been I mean there's tens of thousands of miles in that and yet you're still running a business and that business is helping you to do all of this stuff and have this freedom give people a little taste of what that's like because usually you're just a myth- mythological creature like a <laughs> unicorn that people talk about but they don't really ever get to meet a lot of people
1: like you. What's it like? Uh, I, I, I well, it depends. I mean, like, I, I'm going to Bali next week. Uh, I'm going there for three weeks of yoga in the mountains. That's going to be pretty cool. But right now, I'm up two hours past my normal bedtime, and you know, I'm working late at night. So it's like you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's not all. I'm an avid yogi, so I generally get up at, like, a bit before five in the morning, and so I go to bed pretty early. It's, like, 20 to midnight at the moment, and, you know, that's, like, super late for me. So, you know, like, I, I work a lot when I work, so, I, you know, I, I do creative things on the weekend sometimes, and, like, I worked on Sunday researching about, like, messenger bots, which are pretty cool stuff. Uh... But, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly very dedicated to my work, which is a whole... Messenger
0: bot. I think since you just said that, we're going to have to talk about that a little bit, too. I didn't know you were into that. Tell everybody what you're talking about there with messenger bots. I know we're jumping all over the place, but you're a rich source of awesome information, so I'm going to try to get as much out of you as
1: I can. Oh, man, I I think messenger is just going to destroy email. I mean, like... Why would you have live chat on your on your website when you can have a messenger and you know if you can interact with your customers through messenger like it's just so much better. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean it's such a such a new thing. So like I'm only just learning it myself and getting it set up for some customers, but it's just so much potential. Like you know I'm just trialing it with one of my uh, yogi friends on her website, so. You know, someone comes there to the website and wants information about yoga, and so they'll, the messenger bot can ask, "Well, have you done yoga before? Uh, what sort, what kind have you done? Uh, you know, what's your goals? What do you want to achieve?" And so before she's even got to the to see the person, she's got all this information. And it seems like a natural conversation, so the person's not all irate that they're talking to a bot, and it only takes a second anyway. But, you know you can send them to pages for more information. you can sell them products it's 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 the future.
0: Well, I think people can sense it, the newness factor is always awesome. I mean, everybody was willing to give up their email like no problem whatsoever back in the day because hardly anybody was there to ask them for it, and they are going to get something cool and you know everything was slower. everything took more time. You had more time to read whatever anybody was sending you. I think the messenger thing is the same thing. The novelty of it protects it from being too intrusive from what I've used of it and then what I've heard from other people. And, and just watch. Anytime I have a chance, and you guys should do this too, somebody offers you a way to get into a messenger bot, get into it. Don't worry about what the product is or anything else. Just for the, just for the information, see how they're using it, which is exactly what we used to say about email. Get on people's lists and see what they're sending out so you can get smarter about, you know, these guys are really smart. They're not going to send out junk, and, um, and their stuff is certainly going to be tested. So get on it. Don't buy, you don't have to buy all their stuff, but get on their lists. And uh, yeah. I'd say
1: people should do the same thing with Messenger, right? Oh, for sure. Learn all about it because it's, it's going to really take over. It's so good. Like, you know, live chat on a website is fabulous. You know, people like to go and get some information. I can talk to someone. You know, if, if something happens, their phone goes dead or lose signal or whatever, you lose the chat. Well Messenger, you know that that's a real person. It's so much better for everyone. And the chat saved and now you can broadcast to them and send them information. And, but, you know, Facebook, you know, they're super smart. They don't want people spamming through Messenger. And so they, you can't. It's, you know, they still control the network. And... So yeah, they've got infrastructure in place already to make sure that that won't happen. Yeah, you know, they want to, at the end of the day keep their, yeah, you know, the people using Messenger happy. Well, what
0: what are some of the things that you found out then about what Facebook considers spammer or, or give people an example of what a, a
1: spammy Messenger campaign might be? Well, you can't uh, send messages to anyone until they message you, right? So they right. they There's have this, you yeah. Can, <laughs>
0: assurance number one is that right
1: yeah exactly like they have to actually type you can say click here and send to messenger and send whatever thing they want to download but they have to then uh, communicate they have to write one word before you can send them any messages so you know it's an interaction straight away so that stops spam and even then there's I I can't remember off the top of my head the, the time limit but it's like 32 days or something like that That you're able to send them messages, but after that they have to have to uh, re-engage with you.
0: I was going to ask you that. So I I imagine some people are going to be asking that question or thinking, well, how long does that last? Because my email list lasts forever, which actually isn't true, because emails really deteriorate quickly now. They decay. Your list decays very, very quickly these days compared to when, you know, people have that one interaction with you and they really don't care unless you re-engage them in some way on your list. Now, you don't lose them, but you're not really engaging them so effectively you have lost them. So actually this messenger thing of 30 days and having to re-engage is nothing new to really good email marketers who have to do the same thing all the time. As well and are more than happy to do it because that's just cash
1: you know and, <laughs> and the, that
0: communication and that engagement is
1: everything to them oh the open rate is phenomenal, but that that's one thing if you pay uh, whether they open it or not uh, Facebook will pay pay uh, charge you for it so you want to try and make sure that someone looks at your message because you're getting paid any uh, you're paying for it anyway but still yeah. uh, general, generally you're looking at like eighty percent like action rate like it's it's really awesome response rate. Right? Yeah, it's it's going to be yeah, a goal line dancing. for a little while.
0: And it's right there. And you're not asking anybody to go check your email now, which I hate yeah. to do because I'm on Facebook or I'm somewhere that I want to be. And you took me one step away from it to take me to your opt-in page, and now you're asking me to take another step away from you and start digging through my email, which I hate. Everybody hates their email. Nobody has a good email experience anymore. We'd rather not have to deal with it. But nobody's really ready to let it go yet either, not from a user standpoint or a marketer standpoint. Everybody's still just like, God, that would change our entire world. But news splash, our entire world is changing, people. It's, mm. it's happening right now. So get over it. I mean, I'm getting ready to take my list down off of AWeber and use it to uh, target people into a messenger campaign. Just dump it into Facebook, advertise to it, and say, hey, a lot of you guys haven't heard from me for a long time because I let my list decay. I didn't keep mm-hmm. up with it. I didn't keep the engagement up. It's all but useless as an email list right now, but not not at all. I, I imported it uh, a couple of months ago, and most of the emails actually are active emails on Facebook. So, mm-hmm. like, there's where I have to go reach those guys if I want to reach them at all. And uh, I was just getting ready to do that. When you said you were doing Messenger
1: bot stuff, I was like, all ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's, certainly groundbreaking stuff at the moment but yeah it's going to be the future like like as as you said like you know i use gmail there's no good gmail app for your phone you know the facebook and messenger apps on your phone are fabulous like why would you want to be taken out of that environment into archaic gold stuff you know
0: yeah right right well yeah and I, I remember the first time I really got a taste of it was with uh, Frank Kern, who had, uh, he had to just make it bigger than it already was right off the bat. He got you into his Messenger bot, and he used every single kind of thing that, at the time that was available to wow you with the whole Messenger bot thing, because he was nice. actually selling a course on how to do bots. So he wanted to use everything, and he even got me to, I can't remember exactly how this happened. I'd already opted into the bot, and he also got me to opt into a text message uh, system where he started texting me on the phone. Certain oh, wow. and, he, and He was brilliant about it. He told me the only way I was going to be able to get this particular really cool thing was never going to be on Messenger. This one is only going to come through text, and if you want that, go here, and, and uh, I'll text it to you. In one fell swoop, he got me in his messenger sequence and text sequence, which is also close to 100% open rate. Right? Nobody ignores yeah, yeah. the text. And I was like, man, you are such a dick, 'cause man, that's so cool. <laughs> but I was just like, ah, it's always those guys that just are like, you know, how can we take this thing and really make it crazy? But I mean. If anybody's getting the impression that any of this stuff is overdone yet or is even close to ever be feeling like email is, you're absolutely wrong. It's the very, very tip of the very, very beginning of all of this stuff, so uh,
2: yeah uh, once true. again,
0: you guys look up messenger bot and uh and and those kinds of things, and you'll find out more about what we're talking about here today
1: yeah it yeah, it's just just started it's it's going like you'll you'll see a lot of it in the next coming year or two or three. Uh, yeah, by five years' time, it'll be just commonplace.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. And and then wh- whether or not a technology sticks around after that is just ha- is is how self-aware we are, or how aware we are that we're using. Like email was really cool for so long because we weren't even aware we were using it. It was like a fish in water. It was just something that you know, well, drop me an email, okay. Nobody ever thought about it. It was somebody who's so self-conscious about it. And you know, of course, nobody is 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 so over messenger and texting and 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 other marketing technologies like that that were like, yeah, just drop me this or, you know, hook it up in that and it's no big deal and everybody nobody even thinks about how cool it is that they're using it. Everybody does. Like, this is cool. I'm I I would do that stuff if you have any love for marketing outside of just getting the job done for your company, which you should. You should have a little bit of a healthy love of learning new things and and being on the cutting edge just for your own personal interest. First and foremost, I've found that's make, that's way better than doing something because Chris or Jack or Gina told you to do it and they just and you don't have any love for it. Like you're not going to probably benefit from anything if you're just doing it cuz you think everybody else is doing it. If you have a healthy love of learning new things and, and stuff, that's where the Kearns and Chris here and everybody else really excel at this stuff because they you love it, right? I mean, this isn't just something that you do because you know you have to do it or it's a living that you've got to make. You're just doing it so you can travel and stuff. I mean, I know those are big factors, but you also love this stuff, right?
1: Oh, man, man you're going to hate your life if you do anything. It doesn't matter what you do. If you don't love it, then just stop doing it and go and find something else. I mean – I'd rather be poor and enjoy doing what I do, you know, like, you know, I wake up every morning, sometimes I, like, tonight, after I stop talk- speaking to you, I'll have trouble sleeping, because I'll be excited about what we spoke about, you know, it's, like, that's not the worst thing in the world, you know, it's, it's, right. I'd, it's better than having trouble sleeping, because you go, oh, damn, I've got a crap job to go to in the morning, <laughs> Right. So, yeah. Yeah, That's and if I don't nice. get enough sleep,
0: it's going to be a crap job, and I'm going to be tired all day at the job, and then that makes you not able to sleep even more. I mean, yeah, everybody's got yeah. some of that story in their past. <laughs> yeah. It, Hopefully sure. it's in I their mean. past.
1: <laughs> yeah. We. Were, yeah, I've been there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, awesome. Well, okay, so. Let's let's try to finish up, wrap a bow around this if we can. We talked about so much. Usually people come on and they're like about one thing, and I thought that was going to be with you. It, although SEO is a giant can of worms, and we can go in a million different directions with just SEO. I thought ah, that's probably what we're going to talk about. We talked about messenger bots, SEO, travel. Uh, you know, Chris is one of those mythological uh, <laughs> people who actually does the internet lifestyles. We'd have to talk about that a little bit, um, but I think probably. If anybody was going to take anything around, you know, away, you know, we, we talked to a traffic guy today. So as far as uh, the people who are listening and, and what they can do to generate some, maybe take it from that angle of interest, like things that you're really, really interested in, maybe coming down the pike or what people could be doing right now to uh, further their education and learn about um, how to drive traffic, whether that's from the kinds of things we talked about earlier with the articles and article exchanging and links and things like that or anything that you would like to wrap up with to help people maybe walk away today with a little kind of a plan of something to do to see some results from, to be fired up about.
1: Well, I would say exactly what you said before about following your passion. Work out what the hell that is and move towards it. But don't stop learning. I mean, I I wish when I was younger – not like I'm an old man now, but I, I read a lot. You know, like you know, I even listen to audiobooks. I was walking around tonight listening to an audiobook. I just suck in as much knowledge as I can and learn. Try and connect with people that are better than me. I love the I love the phrase. You know, you're the average of the five people you associate with the most, and it's so true. So be careful who you hang out with, and try and hang out with people that are better than you. You know, if you're the smartest man in the room, you're in the wrong room you know, feel feel humbled by the greatness around you and learn as much as you can. But, yeah, stay focused too. You need to, like, pick something and do it. You know, it is it is hard to find that balance because, yeah, you might pick a dud and you have to move on, but you've got to stick at it long enough to find out it's really a dud, you know? Yeah. So if, if it yeah. was easy, if everyone would be doing it. So it's... It's hard, but it's worth it. So, you know, put in the effort and hopefully see you in the beaches. Yeah. If
0: somebody was listening who'd like to uh, possibly work with you, can you give them your website again? And maybe uh, cool. are you on Facebook and all that junk?
1: They could just Google the coolest guy in SEO and they'll see plenty of me.
0: <laughs> nice. Good job. <laughs> Uh, I thought somebody else was that. I'm going to have to go compete with you now. <laughs> hey, I awesome. Man, I,
1: I own the top ten coolest guy in SEO. Boom.
0: <laughs>
1: Sweet.
2: Well, and uh, you'll that, find on that you'll that find on that that was a competition for
1: a long time,
2: Jack. Lots of people have tried to capture the coolest guy in SEO for a long time.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's that's that compounding thing you were talking about earlier. Once you've hit some sort of critical mass, which you obviously have, it, it's not probably to most people when they look at it, and an SEO can tell really quickly how hard it would probably be, they just walk away now. So nobody's <laughs> going to try to challenge you. It's not like Bruce Lee. They always wanted to fight him, and everybody was always challenging him. This is different because – well, I mean, they should have known they were going to get their asses kicked by Bruce. I don't know why people kept challenging him, but, you know, you can probably look at how you did it, and they can figure out really quickly, they're going to get their asses kicked. Why why bother?
1: Which is one good well, reason you, to Jack. do it, right? <laughs> indeed. Indeed. And, yeah, it, it makes for a nice business card, and it's easy for people to find me. It's easier to remember than my name, right?
0: Yeah. But, you guys, Absolutely. don't think that this isn't something you can't do because, holy crap, if you're going to do some SEO and you, and you see the benefit for something like this, you could do this in anything, coolest guy or gal or whatever. You can just pick a phrase that nobody else is using uh, because unless it's a big competition, nobody's going to go after a keyword like that usually. It's all yours. And if you go on podcasts and stuff and you want to do exactly what Chris just did, which is really cool – you can do that. That wouldn't take very long at all for most industries with the right phrase that sounds cool enough to be like, whoa, okay, that's neat. Especially if you're not an SEO, that would even be cooler. Because, of course, yeah. Chris or somebody is going to be able to do that. But if you're not an SEO, that's actually one of the easier things you can do. Like inbound marketing, that stupid phrase that HubSpot made up. You know, We had a perfectly good you know, name for marketing. We didn't need another one except <laughs> they did. They needed the name, and now they've got this keyword that nobody was using and everybody still hates. But it's there, and if you ever want to learn about the stuff that those guys are doing, you know, you're going to have to, they force you to call it inbound marketing and uh, to even find any of their stuff. So another little quick tip there, make up your own words, even if it's frustrating for people like me.
2: (laughs) Well, if you're a tracker like Jack, one of the first things Jack's going to do when he gets off the show today is He's going to Google coolest guy in SEO. He's going to go look at every single one of Chris's links and track exactly what Chris did to make that happen so he can do it again for himself. Aren't you, Jack? Well, maybe. Sure.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I won't ever turn down and a tracking And anybody listening session.
2: could do the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, where are the good links? Which ones are the really good ones that are pretty much the reason that he's there? all of these things, um, you know, and you have to understand it's not just about links. It's, it's a lot of other factors. Like I'm sure some of your social media shows up there because Google eventually figured out that all of that was you. And so if you really, really did well in one or two things that are websites, then the par- third-party services start showing up too because Google knows that's all you. And really at that point you're a brand and you've become a brand yeah. to Google because it's treating you like all of this stuff is the same. No matter where Chris shows up.
1: Jeez, you you certainly know your jack, your stuff there, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: we got to tell people some stuff or they won't keep listening.
1: <laughs> like n- not your first day doing this. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, you guys can send uh, you know Jack at jackhumphrey dot com. Send PayPal. I'm sure Chris will accept money in uh, in, in exchange <laughs> for all the wonderful stuff that you shared today. I want to thank you for taking the time to be in on Leverage Masters and. We'd love to have you back, man. I know we only scratched the surface, and I'd, I'd like oh. to talk to you because. I-